You're listening to the American Girl Podcast Network. Hi, I'm Kristen Washington. And I'm Sydney Paulson. And this is the American Girl Fan Club. And we are two AG super fans who absolutely love American Girl. And it has just become such a really big part of our lives. Yeah, Sydney, when did you first fall in love with American Girl? So I was thinking about this, like when when my love for American Girl started. And I think it was from like the moment I read the first page Meet Kirsten. I got that doll on Christmas morning when I was six. I opened her up and I just fell in love with her and the books. And then I immediately devoured like every single historical AG book ever written. Um, I still read them now. My favorites are Addies and Molly's, even to this day. I love them. And from that point onward, I just kind of lived and breathed American Girl. Like, what about what about you? I fell in love with it when my sister received Josefina for Christmas. I wanted one so bad. They were just like the most beautiful dolls I've ever seen. Um, and I ended up like looking through the catalogs. I loved Addie's story, but I really wanted yeah. Samantha. I <laughs> never got my Samantha, but I did get Kaya the next Christmas and I fell in love with her too. <laughs> Absolutely. And I mean, it's not only just being a fan. I've actually even developed a part of my career with AG which is crazy. Um, I'm a photographer and at around the age 15, I created an Instagram account and began sharing my photos of my dolls every day. And that's how I became an American Girl ambassador. And then that kind of progressed. And I've even worked with American Girl as a photographer for the company. I got to do a few things with American Girl. When I turned 18, I knew I wanted to work at the store. (laughs) I started working at the American Girl hair salon. I cannot believe I got to do doll hair all day. Every day was like my favorite thing in the world. And I also started my Instagram Instagram. And I never consider myself a photographer, but I've always like loved taking photos of them and telling stories through it. My career is an, I'm an actor, but I started to find that I can tell more stories through American mm-hmm. Girl dolls and their photography. And you are a very, very good photographer. I mean, that's just kind of how we met was over Instagram. And we've been friends for years because of our American Girl accounts. And though we've actually ne- met in person, I, I can't believe that. Um, I am hoping that will change very, very, very soon. I just, I love receiving comments like every day I'll ask a question on my Instagram post and I will get the most wonderful stories and responses back and it's just so fun to just see all of these people come together and share their love for American Girl and their stories growing up I don't know this this American Girl community is so tight-knit and close and I just can't believe that we're doing this show together so At the top of every episode, we're going to be sharing our AG moment of the week. And now this is something that has happened this past week, something we saw or did or heard that ties back to American Girl because something ultimately always does. Kristen, you want to tell me about yours? Yeah. So I went shopping quite a bit this weekend and whoever I was with doesn't matter. Like not once, not twice, but literally three times. Uh, they're like, Hey, Kristen, oh my gosh, it's, this is doll sized. My, my family always does that for me. Um, especially my brother, whenever he's out and about, he'll just text me a picture of anything miniature. And he's like, Sydney, can you use this in one of your shoots? And it just, it, it means the world. Right. What was your aging moment of the week? So for mine, I think that I've like re-entered my 1980s era of AG, like the early days. Um, but instead of buying retired items for my doll, I am making life-size dresses for myself inspired by the original historical characters. So this last week, I made the apron dress that I'm wearing, which is created using a print that looks very similar to Kirsten's blue floral meat dress fabric. Um, and it's just kind of my dream to open up my closet someday and like see nothing but AG-inspired clothing. You look so good in it. Thank you so much. I, 
I love it. I love sewing. Um, and I'll talk about this later a little bit more, but even my wedding is a little bit AG inspired. So that'll be fun to get into. Today for this episode, we thought it would be important to take our listeners on a journey from the origin story where American Girl has been to the future where American Girl is going. We know it's a brand so rich in characters, history, and storytelling, and we wanted to get the inside scoop of American Girl's own history and evolution. But first, let's go back to the beginning. Our first guest of American Girl Fan Club is someone you may not know by name, but you most definitely know the products that she has designed over her last 30 years of working at American Girl. Heather Northrop is here with us today to share about her incredible journey at American Girl. Heather started her career with American Girl as a design intern, and then she has spent the first couple decades designing for all of the American Girl doll lines. And now she leads the design team as the senior director of product design. Also, she's been the face of American Girl on so many different occasions, from several appearances on QVC to guest judging on Project Runway. Welcome, Heather. Thank you so much for being here with us. Thank you so much for having me. This is so fun. To kick off our questions by asking, like, you started your career at American Girl as an intern, and I am so curious, what was that like working at the company back then? It was very exciting. Um, I got to work under Pleasant Roland, the founder of the company, for about eight years, um, which was uh, quite a learning experience, especially early in my career. Um, she's such an amazing creative visionary. And so it was so incredible to have a mentor like her. It was hard not to learn and soak up everything that um, she did because she just, she was, she has just so much passion for this brand and this, this concept that she brought to life. Yeah. Well, I was wondering what were some of the things that you have learned, like, or that you learned from the early days that shaped your career? One of the things that Pleasant was so amazing at was really keeping the consumer at the center of everything that we do. Um, and really making sure that we were providing anything that was good for her. It was ours to get. That's, that's a quote that we use over and over at American Girl to kind of keep all of our brainstorms and all of our creative exploration sort of around how do we make that girl's life better and how could we continue to inspire her to become her best self. So it felt amazing finding a career with a company like that that put that focus on girls. How long were you an intern for and what was your next role like? Um, well, I was just an intern for about, just, I guess it was just that semester because I needed it to complete my credits for graduating. So once I graduated, they just kept asking me, can you come every day next week? And I was, you know, busy trying to get a portfolio pulled together and thinking that I was going to go somewhere else. But it just kept going week after week. They said, can you stay until then? They did finally offer me a position the next year. Um, and, you know, I just stayed within design and started, I guess, as an assistant designer and then assistant designer to designer, designer to senior designer. And then now um, in my role today as uh, the senior director of, of the team. Wow. Can you tell us what that role entails like right now? Yeah. So now, um, really, I spend a lot of my time meeting with the designers on my team and reviewing their work and doing some research, attending focus groups, um, listening to our consumer through our consumer insights team that's gathering data for us. Um, just ensuring that we're bringing forward the best product. I have to say that no two days have ever been the same in my career at American Girl, um, which has kept it so fun. And we're bringing different characters to life. So 
uh, it's always exciting. Oh, Heather, that's so fun. I, I am curious, can you share some of the most impactful things that you have learned over the years at American Girl, just in terms of like design or product and storytelling? One that it always sticks out in my mind is how much the details matter. Um, and that was something I also learned from Pleasant. Um, in my first design presentation to her, I was presenting some sport outfits um, and I didn't have a hair accessory for Sam and Molly's outfits. And let's just say that she wasn't real impressed. Um, but then after we added a straw hat to Sam and it was her, her swimsuit. I don't know if you know the blue one. Yes, I have that outfit. <laughs> um, and then Molly's tennis outfit. We tacked up the braids in that bow, the little striped one. And after that, it was the cutest thing she'd ever seen. So for me, that was like a good lesson early on in like the details matter and the outfit needed to be, you know, head to toe designed. You couldn't, you couldn't skimp on anything. So that, and that was something that, um, you know, carried through when one day when my, um, my daughter, um, who is now 28, um, when she opened, um, something from American Girl that I gave her for her birthday and she looked at it and she said, details, details, details. And (laughs) I was like, that's why we do this. Yeah. Yep. Oh, I, I have to just say that as a kid growing up with American Girl and being obsessed with the brand, it was the details that just made it for me. Seeing all of the characters come to life with the illustrations and just having all the little miniature things that go with it. I it was wonderful. So, so fun. So glad to hear that. <laughs> well, Heather, you've been part of creating such an inspiring, impactful stories and products for young girls. Um, and I'm like wondering if there a specific launch or product that you're especially proud of. So hard to choose. It's like picking your favorite child. If you twisted my arm and I had to choose, I would <laughs> probably say Julie. I grew up in the 70s, so I can totally relate to her. I love designing for that period. And um, she was always my favorite when I got to do new outfits for her. Did you get to create anything um, for Julie that you had growing up as a girl from the 70s? Yes, actually, um, I was inspired by a lot of of the clothes that I had, uh-huh. <laughs> um, and I'm still kind of like a closet hippie personally. Like I lo- just love that vibe. I love that boho chic look, and um, so I had a lot of those like longer maxi dresses. Her summer dress uh, with that border print and the ruffle that was similar to one that I had as a as a child. So, um, but lava lamps and all those fun things too that were part of her accessories. Awesome. Can you tell us about how you use the advisory boards to create your process? Yes, uh, that's one of my favorite uh, processes at American Girl. It really does take a village to bring these characters to life. Uh, There's so many smart experts at American Girl, but we're not experts in every period of American history. And we want to get all the details right. So that's why we work with a board of experts. Um, And the process is so unique and special. Not only do these experts share their knowledge, they also share their personal stories. And we just, we review every aspect of that product um, to ensure that everything's historically accurate. We did have a a situation where one of our board members even cut off like a lock of his hair to share with us to make sure we got the color of Josefina's hair just right. And we got just the right amount of read in it. And the stories that they just shared from their personal lives, like if you think about Kaya, it was all just stories that were handed down. There was there was nothing that we could research from that time period, or there wasn't many things that we could research from that time period because uh, so much of it, it was just word of mouth and, and storytelling. And so some of that was, was just so fascinating that they were willing to share and um, 
some of my favorite memories of working at American Girl, really. I have a couple of burning questions about the design process at American Girl that I have always wondered about, and I know other people have been been curious about too. But my number one is, does the author of an AG book have any involvement in creating a product or are all the products and character launches originated by your team? So like how much do the authors and the design team work together? The ideal situation is always that it's very collaborative and it kind of is that secret sauce that um, the product can inspire the story and the story can inspire the product. So we really want to um, brainstorm and and bring that character to life together because that really is what makes it better as we... um, you know, we discuss the storylines. We think well, this would make a great product. And sometimes as we research product ideas, we take it to the author and say, hey, this, you got to bring, you got to put this in your story because this is, this is fascinating. And so really the whole process really kicks off with this, this brainstorm with, you know, the, the content team, including our editors and our author and the design team to just really round out what that character's world is going to consist of. What what would she wear? What would she eat for lunch? What are her hobbies and interests? How many siblings does she have? What kind of house does she live in? Like all of those things really go into sort of exploring that that character and we do it together in a, in a collaborative way. Does the author have much input in like what the doll looks like or is that mostly you guys? Like do you have an idea in your head starting out like this is what we want the doll to look like and then you give it to the author and say go (laughs) typically we determine what that looks like I mean we have to balance a lot within the lines because we especially now we create so many dolls uh, more dolls in a year than we used to so it's really looking at you know the balance of diversity and ethnicity with the time periods with the hair colors with the eye like all of those things we're, we're really looking at. So we often, you know, we, we try to balance that out. So it's sometimes we just have to say to the author, this is what she's going to look like. How do you feel, though, when your vision of a character or product changes during the process? Well, it's always frustrating if it, to be honest with you, if it has to change. Sometimes there's good reason for sure that it has to change, but it's always frustrating for a de- designer Um, but that's also a lesson that you have to learn early in your career as a designer. You have to be, um, willing to pivot and be flexible because, you know, there's always good sort of business justification for why something might need to change. And you have to be willing to let go of that sometimes, but it's hard not to take it, take it personally. You know, we've created these characters and they're, you know, we're very passionate about it. And they're sort of part of us as we, as we bring them to life. I think you'd get really attached (laughs) <laughs> we do. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of an interesting story is um, Kit's hair was going to be curly and we did some consumer testing and decided that we needed to straighten it out and make it a little shorter. And Oh, I'm so happy she has her little bob. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we love her. We love her little bob now. But at the time it was like, oh, but this just doesn't feel like Kit anymore. But nobody else would know that. <laughs> right. <laughs> Well, you've worked at American Girl for 30 years. And from your experience, uh, why do you feel American Girl stands out from any other toy or doll brand out there today? I have to say it's really that we put story at the heart of what we do. Um, you know, we talk about our dolls in terms of characters. They're not dolls. They're they're girls to us. And the connection that girls have with those, those dolls, uh, because they feel like they know them through the stories, that really creates that bond that girls have with their dolls and they really become like friends. And so I think that is probably our biggest point of difference. 
Well, as our final question, I am wondering, like looking ahead, what are you most excited about for American Girls' future? I'm most excited, I think, to see how we're going to bring these stories to girls through new platforms Mm -hmm. um, like entertainment. Uh, I had the privilege of working on some of our past movies. And um, so seeing how we can bring those to the big screen again is really exciting to me. That is music to my ears. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that is wonderful. Yeah, I remember watching like every, every year just sitting in front of my TV waiting for the new American Girl movie to come out. So I love that. Thank you so much for joining us today, Heather. We just, we love speaking with you. This has been amazing. Thank you for having me. It's really been fun to meet you guys and and chat through all of this, you know, this little bit of a walk down memory lane for me. It was so incredible hearing from a designer who has said such a history with the brand. I never thought I'd meet someone like her, especially hearing all about how Kit would have had curly hair. I had so many other questions for Heather. And now that we know like about Kit, I'm just wondering like how many other secrets are there? There's so many innumerable amounts that I just, I love that she was able to share that with us. We have another amazing interview today with Denise Lewis-Patrick. Denise earned a degree in journalism from Northwestern State University in Louisiana in 19. 19- and that same year, she moved to New York City. She has been both a writer and editor in various areas of the publishing industry, particularly for children. She has written so many incredible, impactful stories for American Girl, including Melody's books, Cecile books, Addie books, and the New World by Us book, See Me, Hear Me, Know Me. I'm just so excited to meet her and hear about what she thinks is next for American Girl. So let's get into it. Hi, Denise. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here. Oh, thank you for having me. I would love to know when you started working with American Girl and how did that relationship begin? Well, I started working with American Girl 10 years ago or or more, and it was a random call that I got from one of the editors there um, asking me about a historical fiction novel that I had written with my own character. Um, and if I was interested in doing a project with them. And my first words, instead of, oh, it's American Girl, were, how did you get your hands on my book? It's out of print. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But I was really excited. And um, after I signed an NDA, we arranged a call for the next day. And that was when I found out that they were planning this first time ever two historical character projects set in New Orleans. And she got that far. And I said, yes. And she said, do you want to think about it? And I said, no, the answer is yes, (laughs) because I'm from Louisiana. And uh, it was going to be based in New Orleans, which is where my dad was born. And we have a lot of people there. So it was something that I really wanted to do. Oh, that is so exciting. That must have felt wonderful just to have that connection. It was. It was incredibly exciting to get that call. And then, you know, after I hung up, I realized the import of it. Was the first book that you wrote then um, Meet Cecile? Yes, it was the Cecile series. Yes. So I wrote three of those. And Sarah, my co-author, wrote all of the Marie Grace books. And we did a lot of collaborating Um, especially on those first two books, because they were still doing that formula of, you know, meet the character and then those somewhat specific kinds of stories. Um, And so at the beginning, we did a lot of work together to make sure that our characters meshed, but it worked out really well. Everyone, including the two of us, were 
uh, was surprised at how smoothly it came together as complicated as it was. Yeah, it must have been incredible to like write two halves of a story and a very collaborative to be able to make those stories work together. So. Well, you know, we, we got to the point by the time we were writing like the last, um, I would say the last two books, especially mm-hmm. where we kind of intuitively knew and when one another's characters were were appearing, uh, we would go ahead and write the scene and then just like email and say, does this sound OK to you? Uh, would, you know, because then you kind of knew what yeah. her character was going to say and what she was like and she knew mine. And so we could kind of do that without uh, a lot of calls or anything. And it, it was just it had become very intuitive. So that was uh, surprising and kind of amazing as an author for that to happen because I had never worked collaboratively in any way. That must have been so special to write a story about characters where you have family from. I, I have already been super close with Cecile because I have family from New Orleans as well. Oh, great. Was, yeah. It's really so awesome to have a character from New Orleans. It was. You know, as many times as I had been, I got the chance there to go back and walk the streets. And that's something that with a historical book, you don't always get a chance to do because so much of that is still there. And so I could walk it as Cecile and kind of look around and, and, and absorb, you know, everything in a different way. So that was that was neat, too. Well, what has your experience been writing for American Girl, especially with historical characters like Cecile and Melody and Addie? It's been wonderful. I mean, what I love about historical fiction, first of all, is the research that really gets me excited. I do probably way too much research for something like these books and the lengths of the books and everything, but I like to immerse myself in everything. And one of the things I love about working with American Girl is that they have historians, librarians on staff. And so when they propose a character setting, they have done, in order to make their selection, a lot of preliminary background research. And then, you know, when they share that with us, then I can, as an author, decide what additional research I want to do and need to do. One of my favorite things is to use newspapers from the period. And if you're working with somewhere like New Orleans or New York or any of the major cities, uh, they had newspapers in the 1860s or uh, the, you know, the, the 1920s, cer- certainly the 1960s. If I can't get access, then the historians or the research at American Girl can, and they can get me copies. So when I did Cecile, I got copies of front pages of the New Orleans Times-Picayune from the fall of 1863. And that was kind of incredible because if I mentioned the weather, you know, I could look up there at the top and, and reasonably do that. And a lot of readers wouldn't even think about that. But that's something that I think about when I'm writing a historical character's story. That's something I've actually always wondered. Well, what has felt most important to you in terms of bringing these lived experiences and history to life for American Girl's young readers? I think the most important thing for me is making the characters relatable as real girls, that they think like a real girl in that age group might think. Um, They feel the things that, you know, nine, 10 year old girls feel. They react. They have relationships with family. And I think those things just kind of transcend time. And that's uh, one of the important things to me to always capture 
when I'm doing a historical character because that's how a girl today can relate. Absolutely. I've found when reading American Girl books just how wonderful it is when the stories and the characters, like all of the side characters feel real and fleshed out. And it just, it's obvious how much thought goes into the entire process of it. Yeah, I think a lot of people don't realize that, but yeah, it does. It really does. As you've worked with American Girl over the years, how have you seen the stories and characters evolve? Well, I think especially with the Melody character and and McKenna, which is slightly different, but I had, in my experience, a little more freedom and leeway um, as an author to step out of the formula that the earlier books had. And even though those things are included in the stories that I did, I felt like I had a lot more freedom to uh, really develop family relationships and, and neighborhood and friendships and and that kind of thing. And that was kind of new and different. It must have been liberating in a sense, like you said, because I grew up with the the six book um, arc and not having to do that specifically. Like you said, you can change things around a little bit and explore other relationships. I want to continue to talk about McKenna specifically. I love McKenna and I love her story, uh, which I think so many young readers are resonating with. So can you expand a little bit more and tell us a bit more about the differences between creating an American Girl historical story versus the stories from the World by Us series? The challenge is uh, looking at the scope of what's happening today. And that was kind of a today story because when we started it and we did the project really quickly, much more quickly than any of the other characters that I had worked on. It was what's happening in the world right now that is important, not only to girls, but this particular character and and where she lives. So it was what's happening in Washington, D.C., because again, that's her neighborhood, that's her community. What's happening in the country as a whole, what's happening in the world, and how do you condense all of that? Uh, So again, it's real for a girl who might be living in Washington, D.C. and reading this book. And that was different and somewhat challenging. Uh, And for me, the challenging thing was I had been to Washington, mostly as a tourist. I never lived there. Fortunately, though, one of the trips that I went, we did go into the neighborhood where McKenna's story is set and where she lives. And and I had been to Frederick Douglass's mansion, as mentioned in the book in passing, because it's in her neighborhood. And so that was kind of one of the touch points for me to be able to get a feel for her neighborhood and her character and, and, and the history of that particular area of D.C. And then the other thing was the challenge of the pandemic, because otherwise I would have gone to Washington. And as I told you about the New Orleans book, kind of walk the streets, walk through the neighborhood to feel and kind of absorb the energy of it. And um, it was difficult, actually, for me to do that book and capture that same thing without having a chance to physically go back and do that. So that that was different for me. And I think, you know, with McKenna being a contemporary African-American girl, I really wanted her to feel real to all readers. Would you say that that's the most important thing you wanted to gain from showcasing a story like McKenna's? That she was real and that her experiences are real experiences that some African-American girls have. I mean, no character is every person, but all characters can be relatable. Yeah, I was amazed by McKenna's book, especially. And I just appreciate you bringing 
so much heart and depth to her story. Um, it was it was really beautifully written. I know that I've seen in the community whenever I post about McKenna that so many girls and Black girls in particular uh, heavily relate to the aspects of McKenna. I know I did. And I wanted to know what kind of responsibility uh, and opportunity did you feel to represent and uplift those voices and experiences? It was an incredible opportunity. And also, I think, a responsibility to present some things that a real African-American girl would experience as well as some things that are commonalities. I like to use that term for any girl. And then her reactions to those experiences. I think any child who experiences any of those things that McKenna does would probably feel and react in a similar way. And the notion of being treated fairly, uh, we would say equally, but being treated fairly, I think having worked a lot with kids, having been a parent myself and, and now being a grandparent, that is a basic thing that even really young children get. And I want readers to identify with how she feels about what has happened to her or what has happened to her family or, or what she has seen happen to others. And that's something that I think was topmost in my mind as I figured out how to write those scenes. How was it working with the other authors of the World by Us books who created Yvette and Maritza's stories? Was it similar to working on Cecile? <laughs> well, no, it was very different from working on Cecile uh, because they weren't as interconnected as the Cecile and Marie Grace books were. And so again, the pandemic challenge, you know, we only met after the books had gone to press. All of our meetings had been, you know, remote. And so we did have conversations about our characters, but most of those conversations came after we had each had a little time to think about our characters and how we wanted to organize things. And then we had kind of a general three-author conversation about that. And we've been very fortunate. I have been very fortunate in the other authors that I've worked with also. Um, so they were fantastic. But it was not as directly collaborative as the other ones had been. I got to work with American Girl on that launch. I was so excited. And I know a lot of the questions that I got was what order do you read those books in? Honestly, I have no straightforward answer, but I did read it, McKenna, Yvette, Maritza. And I found those two are closer in timeline and Maritza is somehow a little bit after. I think one of the unspoken things about the project was that we were not necessarily trying to create that kind of direct timeline. We did spend a lot of time talking about time. Uh, you know, and those specific scenes and trying to make sure that they kind of fell in the right order and made sense to readers. But at the same time, you can't count on the fact that readers are going to read them in a particular order because that's not how they were structured. And it's whichever character a reader is drawn to, they probably will read that book first and then go, oh, now I would like to read, you know, and then they go back and, and read the others. So um, I don't think it was necessarily meant that you had to read them in a certain order. 
I love that because that way a kid can just choose, like you said, which other, whichever doll they're most attracted to and they can read their book and then be interested just through reading the book and then want to go check out the other books and they're not confused by any like conflicting timelines or anything. They can just get the full picture. I also was wondering, how does it feel as an author to see your work come to life in doll form and all the accessories and the world and the collections? I mean, that's- I tell you, it feels very incredible. My big dolls are still boxed. Initially, I got the small Cecile and Marie Grace that are here in my office, the small melody, um, because I didn't have any grandchildren when I did that. And now I have two granddaughters. I had sons. So actually, the entire American Girl experience was novel for me. And I called it American Girl World because I was suddenly immersed in this after having had four sons. Um, and I was wowed by the whole thing. So, you know, then just in the last few years comes along these two little girls who immediately saw those tiny dolls and started, they have now been played with, uh, which they never had before. And then uh, when I did Melody, you know, and I have the dolls and they're in the boxes, but my older granddaughter, I don't even know how at three years old, she knew what those boxes were. <laughs> saw them in my room and said, what's that? And I knew when she said, what's that? She knew what it was. And so, I mean, maybe my son, maybe he and his wife mentioned it. I don't know. So I ended up giving her a melody. Um, I still have one, of course, but I gave her a melody and she just loved her and everything. And so when the World by Us characters came out and the boxes arrived here. I called my son and daughter-in-law and said, just make room in your house because they're all coming. I don't know. If I had been a girl when this was happening, I would have so much stuff now. (laughs) (laughs) As you think about American Girl and their brand journey over the last 36 years in terms of the worlds they're creating and the stories they're telling, what do you think and hope is next for American Girl? I just know that especially in terms of a world by us, there's still hundreds, if not thousands of girls' experiences that are stories that can be told. And there are so many small and large aspects of our history that are there for the telling. So the stories are there, the girls are there, and the experiences that we can all learn from even as big grown-up girls are there. And I have no doubt that American Girl is going to find those and find a way to do those. Thank you so much for joining us today, Denise. Oh, thank you both for having me. This has been really neat to talk about the characters in this way. Wonderful to meet you. Take care. You too. Bye-bye. It was so amazing talking to Heather and Denise today. Sydney, what was your favorite moment? I just loved learning how much thought and care goes into every single story and doll. I mean, it's it's evident that from the beginning, American Girls just cared so much about getting things historically accurate. And the interview with Heather felt like such a full circle moment for me. Um, I just, I can't believe that we got to talk to one of the many people who designed the worlds of these characters and shaped our lives. How about you, Kristen? I think my favorite moment, and I really wish I could have 
what Denise said written on a shirt that (laughs) not every person is every character, but we can find ways to relate to these characters. I think that's so important because American Girl has so many characters. I know. I won't necessarily align with every single one of them, but I love reading about all the different experiences. So again, I wish I can get that on a t-shirt. I love it. I love it so much. So many things that she said were wonderful, but that one definitely resonated with me too. Um, We have our very first voicemail to share. I think this story so perfectly captures the magic of American Girl from someone who was there from the very beginning and still feels so connected to the brand today. Let's take a listen. Hi, my name is Autumn Pilant, and my American Girl doll story goes all the way back to the very beginning. In May of 1986, I was chosen to be on the very first Pleasant Company catalog. Now, being 10 years old, I didn't realize the magnitude of what was taking place. In fact, I don't think anyone really did. I remember the day of the shoot like it was yesterday. When we got in, the photographer showed us around, and then he introduced me to the most beautiful dolls I had ever seen. Their names were Molly and Samantha. I was told to pick which one I liked best and immediately latched onto Molly. I remember getting dressed for the shoot and crawling up on this big, comfy couch surrounded by lots and lots of pillows and having Molly by my side. Over the course of 1986, I received copies of the catalog and even posters of the catalog cover. But I didn't have an American Girl doll, and I wanted one really bad. On Christmas of 2003, my then-husband surprised me with Molly. I had waited 17 years for that moment. It was amazing. Now, over the years, both my daughters have taken a liking to American Girl dolls and the magazines. And I remember back in 2011, we received the spring catalog. And as my daughter was perusing his pages, she yelled to me, Mom, come look. And on the back cover was a picture of the very first cover and her mom celebrating 25 years. Thank you so much for listening to the American Girl Fan Club. And don't forget to write a review wherever you get podcasts. It really helps us out. If you are 18 and older, you can also give us a call at 206-395-6096 to share your favorite American Girl stories on our voicemail. And we might even share some of them on the show. And while you're at it, you can check out my Instagram account, Five Hens and a Cockatiel. And my Instagram, AG underscore for all ages. And don't be afraid to DM us. And you can follow American Girl on Instagram at American Girl Brand for more updates on your favorite dolls, books, and of course, the shows on the American Girl Podcast Network.